Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I am your host, Merritt Beck. I am a fashion and lifestyle blogger. And on this podcast, I'm talking about all things life, work, and love as a single woman in my 30s. Welcome back, y'all. I hope you had a great weekend. Up top, I just wanted to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, whether you've listened to one episode or every single one I've published so far. Truly, your support means so much to me, and I hope you've enjoyed following along. And on that note, if you are loving the podcast and want to show your support, there are a few things you can do. So the first is to share the podcast with family, friends, coworkers, or anyone else you think might enjoy it. The best way to grow this in really any medium is by word of mouth and personal recommendations, and it goes such a long way. And another easy way to share is to actually screenshot the episode while you're listening, like this one, for example, and then share it on Instagram stories. If you do that, just be sure to tag at Beck and Call Podcast so I can see it and repost it. And then another way to support the podcast that's actually super easy to do is to rate and write a review. And to write a review, you just need to be on Apple Podcasts and on the Beck and Call Podcast page. And you scroll down and there's a section that says rate and write a review. And I truly read every single one. I appreciate you guys who have done this already so much. It really does help and it means the world. So thank you to those of you who've done it already. And thank you in advance to those of you who are willing to go do that for me. That would be amazing. Finally, be sure to follow the Instagram account I created for this podcast, which is at Beck and Call Podcast. You'll be alerted when new episodes are live. You'll get to see visual guides for each of the episodes, hear a sneak peek with various audio clips from the episodes, and I also share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. And in addition to that, I also share feed posts for each episode that are super easy for you to share with your friends in DMs as well as on your own Instagram stories. So definitely head to at Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram, follow, share the content, share with your friends, and I can't wait to see you there. Before I jump into a week slash weekend recap and a little personal update, I wanted to remind you guys to also be sure to call into the Beck and Call hotline. At the end of every episode, I answer a couple of listener questions on a variety of topics. And truly, all you have to do is call the number and leave a voicemail. It's 214-620-0473. It's totally anonymous if you leave out your name. And I will answer your question in a future episode. No topic is off limits, whether you just have a question for me or need some advice. I'm here to help. I love listening to y'all's voicemails. And it's such a fun, interactive segment on the podcast that I'd love to keep doing. But I need your help with that. So definitely be sure to call in. You can also submit questions to the email, which is info at beckandcallpodcast.com. All right. Now that I've gotten some housekeeping out of the way, let's get into a little recap of my week and weekend. So full disclosure, I had some personal stuff going on that has been taking up a lot of headspace the last few weeks, but luckily I was able to get it resolved last week and I'm finally feeling like myself again. I don't know if this ever happens to you guys, but if one area of my life is out of whack and causing me stress, it can totally derail my focus and keep me off balance. (laughs) And I just feel so much better and more clear headed than I've felt in the last few weeks, which is great because I've had a lot going on. So on Wednesday, I actually was able to grab lunch with my friend Hitha Palapu. So for those of you who don't already know Hitha, she is a legitimate powerhouse. She is an author, the CEO of a pharmaceutical company, and a former blogger, which is how I met her in the first place. She recently released her second book and is currently on a bit of a tour promoting the book and doing some speaking engagements, and she stopped in Dallas. So, so glad I was able to catch up with her on that brief stop. 
And obviously I took her to get Tex-Mex. We went to Mikosina, which is a no brainer for out of staters. Uh, I don't go to Miko very often these days because it's very family friendly. And on the weekends, it can be a little rowdy with children screaming and running everywhere. It's just not really the vibe I'm going for most most weekends. But a weekday lunch is actually a great time to go. And I was reminded at how much I actually love their food. So I definitely need to do that again and make that a more common occurrence for me. Later that night, I grabbed drinks with my friend Hillary at Park House. And I think I've mentioned this, but one of my goals is to spend more time there and get more use out of my membership. Park House is sort of like Soho House. So there's like a monthly membership fee. And of course, there was a fee when I initially joined, but they have a ton of awesome events going on every month. And I always feel like I miss them. Like the ones that I really want to go to, I either miss out because the tickets sell out before I have a chance to buy one or I'm out of town or have another engagement on those dates. And so really hoping to go to more of those this spring. And I did actually get a ticket for their Opera Ski event, which is the first weekend in March, which should be super fun. And now all I need is something fun to wear. I was looking on Amazon to see if there was like an 80s inspired neon ski jacket or something like that. I don't want to spend too much money on a costume, but I do want to dress up. I can't not do that. So Um, In addition to the events and going there for drinks and meals, I've also been just trying to spend more time there during the day. So the past couple of Fridays, I've gone and worked in the afternoon there on easier days like Friday, for example, um, when I don't have a ton to do, but, you know, I don't so I don't need a lot of focus and uh, park house because it's busy. I will get distracted more easily, but it's great for a Friday. So I've worked there the past couple of Fridays and it's been a really nice change of scenery. I've seen people that I know there. It's just like a fun opportunity to get out of my house and be around other adult humans. <laughs> On Thursday morning, I went to House of Preservation, which is where I've been going for laser hair removal. So if you missed the earlier episodes where I chatted about this, I'm doing that to my bikini area. And this was my fifth appointment. And I started the process in September. And to be honest, didn't see any progress until after the fourth appointment, which was in January. So um, it does take a while. And because I'm blonde, I was a little concerned the laser wouldn't be as effective on my hair, but it seems like it's finally starting to work. In addition to that, House of Preservation also got a new laser between my fourth and fifth appointment. So um, my last appointment last week, I got to try out this new laser they have, which is apparently stronger and more effective on hair with less pigmentation, which is like mine since I'm blonde. So I should really start seeing better results after this appointment, according to my esthetician or technician, Victoria. She's great. Uh, but before this appointment, I I just started kind of noticing slower regrowth and not as much hair was growing back, but I still you know, had a lot of hair, TMI. But I'm hoping that after starting to use this new laser, the results will be a little bit more noticeable. And as you keep going, you go less. So there's six weeks between now and my next appointment. And then I think they spread them out further and further. So hopefully I'll start seeing a lot better results. I have noticed some results, very minimal, but I'd like to see more. So I'll be sure to update you guys after my next appointment in mid-March. But if you're interested in checking them out, they it is House of Preservation. Victoria's my technician. She's wonderful. Makes you so at ease. Obviously, it's kind of like going to the gynecologist. She's chatting with you while also doing stuff down there. So um, I highly recommend her. She's great. And it's super convenient. So uh, check it out if you're interested. And I'll be sure to report back. 
We also had another really big cold front on Thursday. It was like 30 degrees all day. Like Dallas cannot make up its mind. Today it's 80 degrees. Later this week, it's going to be 30 degrees again. Uh, Like, I don't know what to do with my wardrobe, but Anyway, Thursday was freezing, so naturally I had to go get soup dumplings for dinner. It's been a while since I've gone to Royal China, which is like one of my favorite places in Dallas. Uh, I went with my friend Mallory, who is somebody I've met a handful of times through my friend Amy Jackson, who I've mentioned before. She's another fashion influencer that is a friend of mine who used to live in Dallas and now lives in Nashville. And I have hung out with Mallory in group settings like at Amy's wedding and birthday and various things like that, but I've never hung out with her one-on-one. So it was really fun to catch up and get to know her a little better. And what better way to do that than over Chinese food and wine? (laughs) So it was literally the perfect cozy meal for the weather that we had. And if you've never been to Royal China, it is such a good spot. I definitely wouldn't call it a hole in the wall because they redid it recently, but it's definitely more casual than most of the restaurants I go to here in Dallas. It's a great spot for a weeknight meal. Uh, The service is incredibly fast, too, and the food is so delicious. So I always order the souped up blings, which is Zhao Long Bao. I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but they are a must. Definitely get those. The other thing that I usually always get is the dry stirred beef, and it's basically like fried beef with a sauce on it. It's it's really tasty. Uh, But Mallory introduced me to their Szechuan. I'm probably saying that wrong, too. Don't don't get mad at me. (laughs) Their Szechuan green. Szechuan, fuck, (laughs) green beans last week, which are amazing. I can't believe I hadn't tried them before, but they've got kind of a kick to them. They're a little crunchy. They're so delicious. And I mentioned this earlier, but on Friday afternoon, I worked from Park House. And then after that, I grabbed drinks and dinner with Emma, who you've heard me talk about at length on the podcast. She writes Emma's thing and also has the That's What E Said podcast. And I also got to meet Emma's fiance, Zach, for the first time. And we had the best time. We first stopped at Leela's for a few beverages and then walked over to Rye, which is next door. It's a uh, dinner place next door. I love Leela's. I think it's so fun. But Rye was not my favorite. All of the food was so overly seasoned and too salty. It was just so overdone. There was just too much of everything going on. The vibe of the restaurant is cool, but I think all of us, all three of us there agreed that the food left a lot to be desired. So I wouldn't recommend that place, but Leela's is great. We got a charcuterie board while we were there and had a few drinks and it's just a fun vibe. And they still have their Valentine's Day decorations up, which I was so excited about since if you missed the podcast that I did right at the start of the year, I went right after New Year's. And so I missed their holiday decorations, but I got my fix with the Valentine's Day decorations last weekend. So that was really fun, but definitely check out Leela's if you're, it's a wine bar, but they have a ton of cocktails. They've got a great espresso martini. Um, I just love it. It's a great spot. On Saturday, I went to my friend Courtney's house. Her daughter Gigi turned three, and so she had a party at her house at 11. And since I'd only gone to dinner the night before, I decided to wake up early and fit in a workout before the birthday, which I'm so glad I did because she served Chick-fil-A and I ate a very large amount of chicken nuggets. (laughs) So I was very happy to indulge in that, but also happy that I got a workout in. So after that party, I swung back by my house and picked up Reese's to head to Mutt's, which is an outdoor dog park slash bar here in Dallas. And I have a membership there and I've loved taking her there. And it was such a beautiful day. So I met my friend Nick there, who also has a dog around the same age as Reese's. And it was so nice to get outside and let her play for an hour. And I got to catch up with Nick 
And then we went home and I watched TV on the couch with my dog and it was such a relaxing day, but it didn't end there. (laughs) So I had a pretty busy Saturday. Later that night, I took an Uber over to my friend Dory's house for a little belated Galentine's Day mahjong party. Like always, she had the most amazing setup of food and drinks for us. We're talking lobster rolls and caviar, roasted vegetables and cheese fondue, and even a signature cocktail. She really is the best hostess. She had an insane Christmas party literally like a week after she gave birth to her fourth child. She is unbelievable. <laughs> like I don't know how she does it, but um, anyway, it was so fun. And I haven't played Mahjong since early December, and the other ladies who were there also hadn't played in a while. So the first game got off to kind of a slow start. But I did end up winning that first game, so I guess I wasn't as rusty as I thought, which is great. After a few rounds of mahjong, some drinks, and lots of food, I ended up going home at around 11, um, which was kind of my kind of night. I just sort of needed a weekend where I felt good, got good sleep. I feel like the last few weeks, like I said, have been kind of a mind fuck. So I just... I needed a good weekend, and that was my kind of night. I had a great time, but I still got a good night's sleep and I didn't have a hangover. And I think I've mentioned recently that I've been trying to scale back drinking because I've just been having some bad hangovers. So this is the first weekend in a while where I didn't have any plans on a Sunday or wake up with a hangover. And let me tell you, I made the most of it. I really wanted to sleep in, but of course, naturally, I woke up at 8 a.m. without an alarm. That just happens to me because I wake up so early every day. But I decided to mix things up from our usual neighborhood walk and took Reese's on a long walk on the Katy Trail. Again, such a beautiful morning. We just had great weather this weekend, but we ended up walking for over an hour, which is definitely longer than she usually does. So when we got home, she fell right to sleep and I whipped up a little brunch for myself. I got some work done. I gave Reese's a bath, which she desperately needed. I watched TV, did some cleaning and organizing around the house and relaxed. And it was so nice to have the full day to myself with zero agenda. And truthfully, I was more productive yesterday than I have been in the last couple of months, at least on a weekend. I feel like every weekend since the start of the year has sort of been a wash for me. I've had a lot of fun, but uh, like as far as like getting stuff done around the house or running errands or, you know, just generally being productive, not so much. This weekend definitely made it clear to me how much I prefer not overdoing it with alcohol. I drank both Friday and Saturday night, but I capped it after a couple of drinks and I went home at a decent hour and I got a full night's sleep. And I think it makes such a difference in my day-to-day mental and physical health. And it really got me off to the right start this week. And I just, I need to keep that momentum going. I'm really enjoying how this weekend went. I don't have a lot going on this week, which is actually a good thing since I need to get ahead on work. And I'm not sure if I've mentioned this to you guys yet, but I actually have my first trip of 2022 coming up next weekend. I will be going to Carmel next Sunday to hang out with my mom while she waits on movers to bring all of their furniture for the new house they bought there. Well, I won't be getting a break from cold weather. It's actually chilly there. I'm so looking forward to a change of scenery, great food and wine and quality time with my mom. And my sister is going to join us as well. So it'll be a nice little girls trip. And I always have the best time there. It's always relaxing and it's so beautiful. And like I said, food and wine are both great. And I can't wait to see their new house. Um, They're not actually going to have the furniture while I'm there. So I'll have to have to plan a trip back to see it when it's all complete. But 
I'll be there for four nights. So most of next week and would love to not work while I'm there. So I'm definitely trying to get ahead and get everything done before I leave on Sunday. I am hoping, however, to record a podcast with my mom and sister while I'm there. And I'm planning to record next week's episode in advance so I don't have to worry about editing or anything while I'm there. So the Carmel app episode I do with my mom and sister probably won't come out until the following week. So if you have questions for my mom or sister, be sure to call into the hotline at 214-620-0473 or submit via email to info at beckandcallpodcast.com. So I mentioned earlier that I've kind of been in my head about something the last few weeks. And when that happens, I like to watch things that are just more comforting. So I haven't really stayed on top of the shows that I've been watching lately, like Euphoria, The Golden Age, and everyone's been talking about Love is Blind, but I just haven't been interested in watching that. So instead, I have been rewatching New Girl. And it's just I just need something more lighthearted and mindless at the moment. It's one of the few TV shows that really gets me to laugh out loud in nearly episode, uh, nearly every episode. And I love the characters. They have such weird quirks and funny personalities, particularly Schmidt. He's my favorite, <laughs> but I just, I just needed something casual and fun and funny and lighthearted. And that is what I'm watching. I did start a new audiobook last week called Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter, and I am enjoying it so far. Several of the reviews on Amazon said the book is pretty depraved in terms of content matter. So trigger warning for rape and abuse and just like sexual violence and that kind of thing. But it has like 4.5 stars with over 11,000 ratings. So it seems like more people enjoyed the book that didn't. So I thought I'd give it a go, but I'll report back when I'm done. And then something else I recently started listening to is Dumois' new podcast. So I know I've mentioned Dumois before. It's a celebrity gossip Instagram account where normal people submit tips uh, spotted. So if they see a celebrity out and about, they send in photos or just a heads up to where they were. Um, And inside like celebrity insiders or people in the industry, like acting industry or whatever, will send in tips and submissions and then Demois shares it on Instagram stories. But she recently launched a podcast called Do You and I really am enjoying it so far. I've seen a lot of people complain about the voice change because she's anonymous, but it hasn't bothered me. Um, And I recently really liked the episode she did with comments with celebs, the girls from who run that account. I really enjoyed that episode. I just think it's a great way to get a little more context to some of the tips and submissions they receive and just puts a little more framing around each individual submission. And they don't cover every submission, but it's like the big ticket items each week. But I love it. So for this week's topic, I thought it might be fun to switch things up a bit. So I've definitely gotten some new listeners in the last few weeks. Welcome. Uh, And thought this would be a great opportunity to share a bit more about myself. That way you guys can get to know me a little better and learn about some of my weird quirks and interests and that kind of thing. Uh, Last week on the Beck and Call podcast Instagram page, I asked you guys what favorites you'd like to hear me share. And I got a ton of great ideas. So I made a huge list of my favorite things, including everything from my favorite fast food chain to my favorite luxury purchase, travel destination, clothing items, etc. You name it, it's on here. So let's get into it. 
All right. One of the first questions I got was, what is my favorite road trip snack? So until a few months ago, I probably would have said Flamin' Hot Cheeto Puffs. Those have long been one of my very favorite snacks. Every time I go to a 7-Eleven or a Target, I get one. I'm just addicted. But recently I tried the Flamin' Hot Fritos and those may be my new favorite convenience store go-to. I love all of the Flamin' Hot products, but I really think that with the Fritos having a little bit more of a corn flavor to them, it balances out the Flamin' Hot seasoning a little bit more. That can be overpowering in something like a regular Cheeto. I feel like, honestly, those two are my top choices. Anytime I see Flamin' Hot, I get it. Another person asked what my favorite coffee order is, and I'm boring. I don't get too crazy. I usually get like an almond milk latte, a dirty chai with almond milk, or a coffee frappuccino with almond milk, depending on the time of year. After doing Whole30 several years ago, I really can't get into the sweet drinks like I used to. I used to love like the white chocolate mochas and peppermint mochas and just all of those really, really sweet, heavily sweetened drinks. I love dessert. So naturally I like those things. But for some reason, after drinking coffee with zero sweetener in it for a month, now I can't stand it when coffee is too sweet. So I generally just get some, some kind of coffee or chai with almond milk. And that's generally my go-to. While we're on the subject of drinks, I'll share my cocktail favorites as well. So I love a Paloma, which is tequila, grapefruit, lime, et cetera. Just so refreshing and delicious. But on the day to day, I generally just get a ranch water. It's just easier. It's a little lighter. I mean, not the juice has that many calories, but I try to keep it simple, which is If you don't know what a ranch water is, it's Topo Chico, tequila, and lime. I love Casamigos Reposado, but I'll also take just Blanco tequila. It's great. Um, I love a dirty martini with blue cheese stuffed olives. I also love red wine, but I'm not a huge wine aficionado, but um, I generally prefer Italian reds. So that's kind of, those are kind of the drinks I gravitate towards. It's either tequila, a dirty martini, or wine. Somebody asked what my favorite cuisine is, and that's tough because I live in Texas, but honestly, I don't crave Tex-Mex like a lot of people do here. I I really prefer Austin Tex-Mex to Dallas Tex-Mex, and maybe that's why I don't eat it that much when I'm here in Dallas. But at the end of the day, I think I'd actually prefer either Italian or Japanese. It's really too hard to choose. Italian has pastas, pizzas, caprese salads, chicken marsala, piccata. And Japanese has sushi and ramen and udon and tempura. So I could eat both of those cuisines on repeat. So it's definitely between the two of those. Another question, what is my favorite fast food chain and my order? That's tough. That's real tough. Um, For breakfast, I love a Chick-fil-A chicken, egg and cheese biscuit. Honestly, nothing better to me. I love that. For like a burger, I love a patty melt. So I love Whataburger's patty melt. But in college, we used to go to late night at Steak and Shake. There's not one close by anymore, but there used to be one at like Greenville and Lovers where the Chick-fil-A is now. And I would always get the Frisco melt. It is so good. (laughs) I loved that. And then another item I really like that's not really like this isn't all I would get there, but it's the main thing I get there. I go to Sonic and I get a large tater tots with cheese with extra cheese. It's just like cheesy potatoes, but I just love that. It's something I feel like my mom used to do and I started doing it. And that's one of my favorite things as well. But I love fast food. I don't 
eat fast food that often anymore unless I'm like hungover on a road trip. But I have no issues with eating greasy, processed, disgusting fast food. (laughs) I just love it. Somebody else asked, what is my favorite healthy and unhealthy snack? So I don't snack a lot. I try not to buy stuff to snack on because I have a hard time, you know, stopping. (laughs) I'm generally better at portion control when it comes to meals. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I try not to snack throughout the day. But if I'm starving or whatever, for a healthy snack, I love chopped up zucchini and carrots and with a dip of some kind. So either hummus or ranch dressing, that's not really healthy, but I need it's vegetables are just a vehicle for some kind of dip or sauce or whatever. Um, and then for a more indulgent snack, I love charcuterie and cheese. So borson, brie, gouda, spicy salami and soprasada. Um just love it all. I'll, I'll eat any kind of charcuterie and cheese board or platter. Someone asked what my favorite Trader Joe's find was and 100% the frozen soup dumplings. There are six to a box, which is the perfect amount. I think it's like 250 calories for the whole box, which is not important to everybody, but it's just like the right amount. It's just perfect. Um, All you do is you have to cut the edge and you microwave them to steam them. And it's so easy and honestly, just as good as the ones you can get at a restaurant. (laughs) I love them. I buy them in bulk when I go because they go quickly in my house. But the other things that I use a lot are the frozen cauliflower gnocchi. I also love the mushroom fettuccine if I'm feeling like indulging. It's so good. Really, all of their frozen pastas and gnocchis are delicious. Another person asked what my favorite hangover food is. And to be honest, if I'm really hungover, I generally don't feel like eating until much later in the day. Like what gives me a hangover is usually nausea. Like I I almost have always have a headache, but I can usually power through with a headache. But it's when I'm when my stomach is bothering me, I just don't eat. So my typical move is to order roadie grill in the mid to late afternoon. So like at three o'clock or later which is an Indian food place I love over in the Knox Henderson area of Dallas. And I almost always get the chicken tikka masala with basmati rice and naan. And they recently started doing cheese stuffed naan, which is so good. It's basically like an Indian grilled cheese. (laughs) It's so good. And I, what I usually do is I open face the naan and then put a mixture of the basmati rice and chicken tikka masala and kind of make a little pita sandwich out of it. It's a very carb heavy meal. So it really is perfect for like soaking up all the bad stuff when you have a hangover. It's so delicious. And honestly, it lasts a few days. So if you don't want to eat it all or have leftovers, just reheat it the next day. So, so good. Another person asked what my favorite ice cream flavor is. And truthfully, I do not discriminate against any ice cream flavor. I love them all. During the holidays, Bluebell's peppermint ice cream is my favorite, but I really, really love Van Leeuwen, which is a New York based, I think, I think they're based there, um, ice cream place. And their honeycomb ice cream is so insanely good. You can actually get it at Central Market now, which I've done, but it's definitely better fresh from the stores in New York. But I love that. I love a mint chocolate chip. I love cookies and cream. I love a plain homemade vanilla, which if you went to Camp Mystic, you'll know this, but if you get Bluebell homemade vanilla and get a little Jif, creamy peanut butter, put the two together. So, so good. You can thank me later. It's like the best sweet and salty combo. And honestly, you can kind of put this, the creamy peanut butter on most ice cream flavors. I do it with chocolate. I do it with mint chocolate chip. I do it with um, 
cookies and cream, chocolate chip cookie dough. So many of those flavors work well with peanut butter. (laughs) So while we're on the subject of food, somebody asked what my favorite recipe to make at home is. And there are a couple, but one of my all-time favorites is my mom's oven fried lemon chicken, which is actually on the blog. So if you go to the stylescribe.com and then search for lemon chicken, you'll find it. I usually pair it with Parmesan couscous and massage kale, but it really is so easy to make and so flavorful and delicious. And so that's definitely a favorite of mine. But I also really love making the defined dishes, whole 30 beef enchilada skillet. It's really hearty, like a uh, chili, but it's healthy because it's like all cauliflower rice and beef so and vegetables. And it makes a lot. So I'll eat it over several days, usually with chopped up avocado. It's really, really good. It's one of my favorite recipes, especially while it's still cold outside. Someone asked what my favorite TV show is, and I have several that I repeat a lot. So one is Grey's Anatomy. I have seen every season multiple times. I just, I don't know. It's a comforting show. It's been on a long time, obviously, and I still think it's pretty good. I know they've gotten some shit, but I still think it's good. I think the writers are good at pivoting and incorporating new content and new ideas. Um, Some other top contenders are The Vampire Diaries. I watch that a lot. A New Girl, which I'm watching right now, and Schitt's Creek. I could watch all of those shows on repeat. I also love Friends. Um, Yeah, those are probably my top contenders. Narrowing down a favorite movie is too hard for me. Like I love things like The Notebook, but I also love things that are like dystopian or apocalyptic or fantasy. Like I love X-Men. I love The Hunger Games. I love the Harry Potter series and Twilight. I mean, it's just too hard to narrow down a favorite. I also love movies like Forrest Gump, really any Tom Hanks movie I will watch on repeat. I love them all. Now, a favorite book series or book, uh, that's easy. Automatically, Harry Potter it was such a big part of my childhood. And, you know, I'll, I've seen a lot of memes and TikToks that are like, get over it. Harry Potter's not that cool. J.K. Rowling, separate issue entirely. But the books, the Harry Potter books were so important to me growing up. I feel like it got me interested in reading. Like the whole series just was a big part of my life. And So I love the movies, obviously love the books. I've reread them over the years. I have them on audiobook that I've listened to and it never gets old. Honestly, I feel like I rediscover new things each time I read or listen to them. So if you have kids, I highly recommend those books. They will inspire your children to want to read more and learn more. I don't know. I just, it impacted me in a big way. Sorry, we're kind of hopping all over the place. I didn't really organize these well, but... Continuing on, so somebody asked what my favorite Dallas restaurant is, and that's also tough, but I've got to say it's Rise Number One. So if you're not from Dallas or have been to Dallas and been to this restaurant, it's definitely a girly choice. It's a French restaurant and they are known for their souffles, but I've truly never had a bad meal there and it's such a cute and cozy spot. And I love souffles. I've tried nearly every single one on their menu and not a single one is bad. They also have delicious soups, salads, a great wine list. I always go with my mom when she's in town and my friend and my friend Rachel and I go a lot too. She loves them as well. It's just delicious and just consistently amazing. Another top contender is Parigi. It is a restaurant I've been going to for a long time, but recently rediscovered post, not post pandemic, but you know, in the last year I've gone so much. It's got everything. They've got pizzas, pastas, 
burgers, salads. Um, they've really got everything. Lots of entrees. They've got the most amazing dessert called the half and half. It's half peach cobbler and half what they call a chocolate glob. It's like half melted brownie batter with ice cream. It's insane. But oh, and they have a delicious drink called a frozen French 75. Highly recommend that. It's just, again, it's a crowd pleaser. It's fun. They have indoor outdoor seating, kind of small. So I definitely would recommend making a, re- a reservation. Um, but it's so good. Very consistent. Like rise number one, love them both. All right, now let's get into shopping. So somebody asked where my favorite place was to shop online. So I probably order most of my stuff from shop up and Nordstrom, but I also love Tucker Nuck. I love revolve clothing, my Teresa, Netta Porte, Neiman Marcus, Saks and Mango. Those are probably my most frequented stores. Next, somebody asked what my favorite denim brand was. And I feel like I've talked about this a lot. I feel like this is the only brand I link to, but Citizens of Humanity is just the best for my particular body type. I think the cuts they do, the washes they use, they're very flattering to my hips and behind, which are kind of my problem areas. And they just do a better job in that region than other labels I've noticed. The back pockets are usually very big and placed lower. So it has kind of a minimizing effect back there. But I do think, like I said, I think the washes are really good. Um, I love the length of their jeans too. So a few of my favorite styles from them include the Chrissy, which is a high rise skinny jean, the Jolene, which is more of a cropped straight leg. It's a little tapered. It's not as like wide leg at the bottom, the Charlotte, which is a tailored straight leg. And then the Sabine, which I'm wearing today, which is more of a standard straight leg look, but highly recommend citizens of humanity. Their rocket, their rocket jeans are great too. Um, just lots of wonderful styles. So check them out. Moving on to my favorite dress brand. So I have a few here. Sika designs is one I discovered in 2020 and I literally cannot stop buying it. Uh, it's a black owned brand and the pieces are made in Ghana. And I just love the vibrant prints and colors they use. They have feminine flattering silhouettes with a lot of ruffles, a lot of one shoulder styles. They're just really, really pretty on. And they really make a statement. I always get compliments from men and women alike when I wear them. Um, And I now have four of them and I have no plans on stopping anytime soon. I can't wait to get my hands on more. Another brand that I really love for dresses is Reformation. I have a lot of Reformation dresses. So specifically, they're smocked midi dress styles. I wear those a ton in the spring summer months and wear them on dates. I wear them traveling. Uh, they're just they're just great multifunctional dresses. <laughs> they they serve many purposes. But um, I also recently bought the Cypress style, which isn't there's a smocked back, but it's not a smocked bodice. It's more of a square neck. There's sort of a puff shoulder, three quarter sleeve midi dress, and it is so pretty on. So definitely check out that style as well. And then for um, a more pricey label, Zimmerman is one of my all time favorites. So many gorgeous, whimsical, romantic pieces. The prints are stunning. The silhouettes are stunning. I mean, I really can't sing their praises enough. And then somebody asked me what my favorite bag designer was. I find Chanel to be the most timeless option and the resale value is great. However, the constant price increases as of late are absurd. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I would assume most people would say Hermes with this, but I got an Hermes Kelly from a resale shop 
And while I think it's beautiful, it hasn't held up as well as I thought it would. The structurally it's great, but the leather has scratched a lot easier than I thought. The Chanel bags that I have that are caviar leather have held up so much better. And I've had them like I have this one gray Chanel caviar flat bag from 2009 that honestly looks better than my uh, Hermes Kelly bag. So just know that. As far as shoes go, my favorite shoe labels are Gianvito Rossi and Aquazura for a high-end designer. I love their boots and their pumps and their sandals. I just love the styles and I think they're pretty comfortable, um, especially the heels for me. They just fit my feet a lot better. They're a little wider than, say, Christian Louboutins. And I love Chanel for ballet flats. That's primarily the shoe that I buy from them, but I love them. I've had several of mine resold because I wear them so much. And then Stuart Weitzman is one of my go-to labels for more contemporary priced shoes for both boots, pumps, sandals, all of the above, really. I got a couple of beauty and skin questions, which you guys know I'm so lazy with this stuff, but as far as my makeup brand, it's kind of hard to choose because I feel like my makeup routine is made up of literally every makeup brand out there. Like each product is by somebody different, <laughs> but I really love NARS. I love Laura Mercier. I think Benefit and Urban Decay have really good palettes. Um, I'm sort of all over the place there. And I'm also not a huge skincare junkie, but I love La Mer products. So if you are looking to try something new and willing to invest in um, something expensive. I really do love La Mer's gel cream. It's one of my favorite things. Someone else asked what my favorite go-to nail colors are. And to be honest, lately I've been getting gel manicures and really don't keep track of the names when I'm at the salon of the different colors I get. If you do get regular manicures though, I can share my favorite colors for that. So I'm a big fan of simple pinky nude nails in the spring, summer, and usually swap for darker neutrals or like metallics in the fall, winter holiday months. So a few shades I love include Essie and Topless and Barefoot, Essie and San Tropez, Essie and Chinchilli. Those are all good summer colors. I love OPI and You Don't Know Jacques, which is a great darker color. And then OPI Barefoot in Barcelona is another good kind of beige nude color. This is a fun one for me. So somebody asked what my who my favorite Peloton instructors are for each discipline. So for boot camps, I highly recommend Jess Sims. Her energy is incredible. Incredible. I just love her entire vibe. She picks great music. Her workouts are really challenging. I just love her. Really, every class she does, I love. But for runs and walks and runs, I love Olivia Amato. She's so hard. So if you're wanting to push yourself and you're wanting to push your running speed, uh, definitely take her classes. I always feel like I run faster and longer when I'm in her classes. Lately, I've also been really loving Kirsten Ferguson on the tread. She's a newer instructor. I think she's been around a couple months now, but she's got great motivational tips. She's got amazing playlists. I just, I think she's a great teacher in that she gives you more than just the workout. Like she actually gives you good messages and positive affirmations for the week. Um, I really enjoy her. For strength classes, I love Jess Sims, Selena Samuela. Ben Aldis and Adrian Williams. And then on the bike, um, I, <laughs> I fought against this for a while when I first got the bike. I wasn't sure I liked Cody, but of course now he's my favorite instructor years later. Although I will say I don't get on the bike like ever anymore. I'm so addicted to the treadmill, but Cody Rigsby is definitely my favorite spin instructor on the Peloton. 
While we're on the topic of working out, somebody else asked me what my favorite tennis shoes are. So with all the HIIT workouts and running I do, I prefer a sneaker with a lot of shock absorption and support. And I have had some issues with my ankle. So I really want something with a lot of cushion and Brooks sneakers are my very favorite. I have a bunch of styles, but the ones that I'm wearing consistently these days is the Ghost 14. They are so comfortable. They have so much cushion and bounce and they feel like it kind of feels like foam is just kind of enveloping my my feet and my ankle. So there, it just feels like a lot of support. And I'm usually a nine and a half in regular shoes and always go with a 10 in Brooks sneakers. They kind of fit like uh, Nike. So go up a half size. Finishing up this workout thing, my favorite workout outfit is almost exclusively Lululemon. My current favorite leggings are the Align leggings with pockets. They are so soft and comfy. They're high-waisted. The pockets are huge and are great for walks with Reese's so I can stuff like poo bags and my keys and my phone and whatever else I'm carrying along with me in those pockets. Uh, As far as tops, I usually like to work out in a tank because I get so hot and sweat so much. I have a few of both the all yours tank and the all tied up tank, which are both still available on Lululemon. And then I love the ebb to train sports bra, but it looks like they don't really make that one anymore. It's basically just a really high neck sports bra. So it keeps my ladies in place. Um, I probably need to order a few more styles that are similar. I know they have other ones that are similar to that. So I should order some and try and report back on what I like. Moving on to travel. So what is your favorite travel destination? So if you don't know this already, London has long been one of my favorite places to visit. And in fact, I even spent almost six months there. I lived there for a very hot minute in the fall of 2015. And it's somewhere I could totally see myself living again. I always discover new pockets and places when I visit. The city is so charming. It's full of so much history. There are so many things to see. There's a great shopping, lots of areas to explore. It's a great place to stop on the way to another destination. I just love, I love the whole thing. I love everything about it. I love the accents. The people are great. I just, I love London. Then somebody asked what my favorite hotel that I've ever stayed in. And while I've stayed in a lot of nice hotels, I'm thinking La Sierra News in Positano is probably my favorite. The property is beautiful. The service is top notch, but it's really the view that like takes the cake. That's really why I think it's the best. Um, I'm sure there are other Positano hotels that are incredible, but I just loved that trip with my mom. We went in 2009. It was a long time ago and it may not be as nice anymore. I'm not sure, but I really loved that. I've also stayed at the Alviar Palace in Buenos Aires. That's a beautiful hotel. Le Maurice in Paris is beautiful. Now, a couple of hotels that I haven't stayed in, but that I loved that I love visiting when I go. I love the Four Seasons George Sonk in Paris. I loved going to the RL. I'm probably saying it wrong. Gord Hotel La Bastide. It's in Gord, France and in Provence. It's beautiful. Another incredible hotel we visited on that Provence trip was actually to the Hotel du Cap Eden Rock. We didn't stay there. We just went for dinner. And honestly, the dinner wasn't that fabulous, but the property is insane. Like I would give my left leg to stay there. That's where a lot of celebrities go before Con Film Festival. It is so gorgeous. <laughs> it's right on the water. It's an in, It's a huge property. It's like this giant mansion, but then they have a bunch of smaller villa things that people can stay in. I mean, it is the coolest. 
Another travel question. Somebody asked what my favorite domestic beach spot is. And I'm not a, like, I don't go to the beach a lot. Like I've been to Miami. I've been to Palm beach. I've been to a lot of the California coast, but honestly, you really can't beat Hawaii. If you're wanting, if you're really going just for the beach, then go to Maui. It is so stunning. The montage there is incredible. All right. Last travel question. Somebody asked what my favorite luggage was. And honestly, nothing will beat my old Samsonite hard case spinner. It's 28 inches and it fits so much. I don't really care to have anything super fancy or chic because they just get beat up anyway. And I just want to know it's going to fit everything and hold up against being thrown around by the luggage handlers. So I've taken that Samsonite spinner literally everywhere from California to Japan and everywhere in between. And it's held up. I've had it for many years. Um, again, not super fancy, but it does the trick. Somebody asked me who my favorite follows are on Instagram. So I love half-baked harvest for recipes, although truth be told, I've never actually made one, but my saved folder is full of her recipes. I really need to get with that and just like pick a recipe and try it. But they all look so delicious. Actually, that's not true. I just remembered my mom and I made half-baked harvest. It was like rosemary baked Gouda on crew or something. And it was so good. So I have, I lied, I have, but I just haven't made any of the ones that I've saved in my own folders. So (laughs) I need to get with that. But another one for fashion, Blair Edie, for sure. Her content is incredible. And then I love following Nedra Tawab and We the Urban for positive reminders and tips for improving your mental health. I just think the messages that they put out are great. And then for celebrity gossip, you guys know I love Demois. Can't miss that. Another question is what is my favorite part about my job? So for me, connecting with you guys, readers, followers, listeners, it's so nice to connect with like-minded people who are interested in the same things and just make some new friends. It's been really nice. Even in Dallas, like having the listener meetup was wonderful. And I've made some new friends out of it that I've actually hung out with since. It's great. I also love being able to create my own schedule and work from anywhere. There's honestly nothing better in my mind than being able to work for myself and set my own schedule. And I could travel anywhere and still be working and still be doing my job. I mean, what is better than that? Somebody asked who my favorite celebrity crush was. That's difficult because I find a lot of celebrities attractive, but I've loved Henry Cavill Cavill, ever since his role as Charles Brandon in The Tudors. He is so handsome, whether he has a buzz cut or longer hair. Now, I'm not saying he looks really hot in The Witcher. The long blonde hair thing doesn't really do it for me on him, but he's so sexy. All right, somebody, we're back on food. All of these questions are food related. (laughs) Somebody asked what my best meal I've ever had was. So I'm mentioning two since I can't seem to pick one ever in this list, but two of my all-time favorite meals happened on the very same trip. So it was when my mom and I were in Venice. It's the same trip when we went to Positano, but in Venice is where I had the best meals. So one night I had this insanely simple, but freaking incredible ricotta gnocchi at the hotel where we were staying. And I'm going to have to ask her what hotel that was. I've forgotten, but I mean, it was, it was nothing crazy. It was just very simple and delicate. And they were just like little clouds, little floofy clouds of gnocchi. And it was incredible. I got it two nights while I was there. Cause I had to go back 
it was awesome. Um, and then another night I had this lobster and cheese stuffed cannelloni on the rooftop of Hotel Daniele, which has this incredible rooftop restaurant, great views. Um, and I actually, I was looking back at my Facebook album from this trip to see if I had photos. And I actually do from Hotel Daniele with the, with the lobster cheese cannelloni. So I'll be sure to include that in my visual guide. So you can, you can look at my fabulous food photography from 2009 and the views and a picture of my mom and I when I was right out of college. All right. Next question. Somebody asked what my favorite app was, something that's not Instagram related. So right now I'd probably say the sweat app. If you can self-motivate to work out at home and on your own, the sweat app is truly incredible. It doesn't just have workouts. It has a legitimate program that challenges you and takes you to the next level in your fitness journey. And I know I sound like a sponsored ad right now. It is not at all. I've done nearly every workout out there and nothing comes close to the effectiveness of the workouts that I've done in the sweat app. The progress and noticeable changes you see in your body from these workouts is just, it's so much better than anything else I've ever done. And it's harder. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, But even now I'm doing the Fierce at Home program. I've also done BBG, which is now called High Intensity. That was also incredible. I'm really loving Fierce at Home right now and I'm really seeing results and it's making me really happy and I'm motivated and ready to get my body back for summer. So just highly recommend that if you're looking to mix it up, give it a shot. There are a ton of different programs in there now, but the ones that I've tried are Fierce at Home and High Intensity and both are great. All right. Next question is what my favorite non-alcoholic drink slash mocktail is. So I recently started making my own mocktail at home that I'm obsessed with. So what I do is I go to Central Market and just buy their pre-made limeade. It's in the section. It's in the produce and fruit section. They have a whole lineup of different juices and mixers and that kind of thing um, ready to go. So I just get their limeade and I mix it in a glass with club soda, usually half and half it. And it is so refreshing. It tastes like I'm having a ranch water without the booze, but it's a little sweeter than just like lime juice. It's just, I can't explain it. It's so yummy, y'all. And then during the summer, I also love an Arnold Palmer, which is iced tea mixed with lemonade. Again, kind of half and half. But I always get that when I'm on vacation or at lunch and want something other than wine. Um, That's a really great one to have during the spring summer months. All right. This next question is a good one to mix things up. So this one is, what are your favorite outfits from Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton? And these were very hard to narrow down for me. But with Meghan, a few of my favorites were the blue Safia gown she wore in Fiji, the one with Cape. She was pregnant and she had like a slight baby bump at that point. I just thought that color was so captivating on her. It just like really so beautiful. Love that dress. Um, I also really love the bird embroidered Oscar de la Renna dress she wore in Australia on that same tour. It was such a statement piece. Like, I don't think we've seen anything, seen her wear anything similar to that. It just, it will be etched in my memory forever, I think. Another one that's super simple, but that made an impact on me is the yellow Brandon Maxwell sheath dress she wore to the Commonwealth Youth Challenge event. It was, again, super simple silhouette in a bright, sunshiny yellow. And it looked, she looked like a knockout in that color. So gorgeous. And finally, 
I adored that Dior boat neck dress she wore the, for the RAF service at uh, RAF 100 service at Westminster Abbey. It was apparently black, but it looked navy to me in all the photos, but it had had the high neckline that we kind of know her for uh, from when she was about two. And right after she got married, she wore that kind of boat neck neckline and it was a fit and flare silhouette. It just was it was darling on her. It looked gorgeous. It was sophisticated and timeless. It was awesome. Another outfit that I want to mention, which may not have made an impact on anybody else, but I like want to recreate this myself, is the winter white monochromatic look she wore to the Natural History History Museum when she was like very pregnant. It was near the end of her pregnancy, I think, or maybe not. It might have been in December or something. <laughs> but if she, she, her belly was big at that point. But I just thought she looked so beautiful in that winter white getup. And it was a look that we could all recreate. Like it was just a white coat, a white sweater dress. And then she had sort of olive green pumps and a green clutch. It just was so chic. It took me a while to go through Kate's looks just because she's had so many. There's so many outfits she's worn over the years. So it's hard to find them all and like remind myself of all the different things she's worn. Because her style is, while it's been consistent, I mean, I feel like she's had a few kind of wild cards in there and I don't want to forget those things. But my favorite looks of hers from what I could find on the internet were the Jenny Packham gown she wore for the diplomatic corpse reception at Buckingham Palace in 2018. She, it was the night she was wearing the lover's knot tiara. It's, I mean, just the whole look. She looked, she looked like a princess. That's literally that like Cinderella. She looked stunning. Um, another one of my favorites is this label is, you know, causing problems right now, but the white Dolce and Gabbana lace dress she wore to the Royal Ascot in 2016, it had a high neckline. It was white lace. Parts of it were sheer. It was a long midi style. I just, she just looked so, so elegant and it's such a timeless look. I just thought it was beautiful. Another daytime look I loved was the bespoke Alexander McQueen cream dress featuring a ruffle trim and peplum hem and full skirt. And she wore this twice, originally to Prince George's christening and then again for a garden party in 2016. It's just such a unique but feminine and again, elegant, sophisticated look. There was also a really pretty high neck mint dress with bishop sleeves she wore to the 50th investiture anniversary. There are a lot of big words here. <laughs> and I loved that. And apparently it was made by her private dressmaker. Um, but I mean, clearly, if you look back through everything I just said, I really like her most in lighter colors like creams, white, pastels, other soft hues like that. I just think they look really beautiful on her. Another person asked what my favorite luxury purchase is. And to be honest, it's a first class flight. <laughs> I'm actually pretty cheap when I travel and almost always fly coach, especially when I'm paying for it myself. So when I do shell out the big bucks, it's a big deal. I've flown coach to nearly every international travel destination, including Japan, Australia, Europe. At the times that I pay for first class, it feels like a real luxury and super special, and it feels like a true indulgence. And so um, that's definitely one of my favorite things to do if I'm willing to shell out the big bucks. Somebody asked me what my favorite budget purchase was in contrast to the luxury purchase, and it's got to be my CoverGirl Clump Crusher Mascara. I've used it for years, and it's still my very favorite. I'm sure there are other great ones out there. I'm just lazy and don't like to try a bunch of different products, and 
This one does it for me. It works with the other things that I use and it separates my lashes. It's buildable. I usually put two layers of mascara on and it keeps my lashes looking good and not clumpy or anything like that. So definitely a great budget buy. You can get it like any drugstore on Amazon, et cetera. All right. Somebody asked me what my favorite comfort food is. This is so weird, y'all, but it might be Moroccan ramen. <laughs> it reminds me of my youth. I used to eat it all the time in high school and college, and it's so easy to make. Like it's great for hangovers. It's great just if you are feeling lazy and don't want to put in any effort and it tastes good. The beef flavor is my favorite, but if if that's not if that's not if I'm not in the mood for that, I'll eat any kind of pasta. Pasta is always comfort food to me. Anything from rice aroni to like fancy stuff you'd get at a restaurant. I'll eat it all. Another question is what my favorite candle slash home scent is. And I have a few, so bear with me here. I mentioned my favorite holiday scent in the Christmas episode, but I'll share it again since we're talking favorites. So my favorite Christmas slash winter scent is the Jackson Vaughn Hawthorne candle. It's so fragrant and one candle can fill up my entire downstairs. It's open concept, but it's still kind of a decent amount of space. And you can smell it the second you walk in my front door all the way back to my bedroom and bathroom. So uh, definitely very fragrant, high quality candles. Jackson Vaughn, check them out. Um, And then my favorite, some of my other favorite candles are Diptyque's Bays, Benjoin, and Choicea. I'm sure I'm saying all of those wrong, but those are my favorite Diptyque scents. And then I also really love Byredo's candles. I think similarly to the Jackson Vaughn candles, they're so powerful and fragrant and really fill up a space. So those are great if you're really wanting something fragrant. And I love the Bibliotech. I think that's their most popular scent, but it's, it's, it's warm. It's kind of spicy. And it, again, fills up your space. Next question is, what is my favorite piece of furniture in my house? So this is an easy one. So my grandmother's antique walnut bar is something I inherited when she died in 2020. And it's a piece that I'd long admired in her home growing up. It's so special and unique. It's again, it was just like a focal point in her house. And I mean, she lived in the same home as long as I knew her until, you know, she and my granddaddy moved into more of an assistant living situation. And it went there with her. And it's it's just, it grounds the space. It adds character. The rest of my living room furniture is kind of transitional in style. It's cozy and elegant with clean lines and just a couple of contemporary touches in there. So having a large antique like that walnut bar adds some depth. And it's so fun to open up for entertaining. And I just, I'd like to think she'd enjoy that I had it in my house. There's just a perfect spot for it. It's like this house was built around it. It's just, it's to the right of my fireplace. There's like a little inlet um, that I think was meant for something like that. And it truly is the perfect fit for it. All right, moving on. Somebody asked what my favorite quote unquote ugly fashion item is like Crocs or something. So last summer I bought these rubber slip on sandals that look like Birkenstocks and I'm obsessed with them. (laughs) They're by Freedom Moses. That's the brand. And they're super comfortable and pretty budget friendly too. I think they're like 45 or 50 bucks. Um, And I'm thinking about getting a pair in another color. I have a beige pair and they've gone with everything. Like I said, super comfortable great for spring, summer when it's still hot, or if you're going by the pool, again, rubber, obviously you can't ruin them. They're so great. (laughs) I love them so much. 
Someone asked what my favorite subject in school was. So growing up, I always loved music class, drama, choir. I was always way more into the creative stuff than I was. And I'm sure, I'm sure that's true of most kids, but because I sang and like did musical theater and stuff growing up, I really loved those classes. But if we're talking like typical school subjects, I'd probably say I enjoyed science and history the most. And I still really enjoy those two topics. All right. Next question. Somebody asked what the, what my favorite thing is about my home. So two things. I love the location. I'm so close to several of my friends. So hanging out is super easy. It's also really walkable to a popular restaurant and shopping center, which is very handy. And the second thing is the open floor plan. So after living in a small, older home with lots of walls and smaller rooms, it's so lovely to have open space downstairs. And I love being able to see my front door, living room, dining room, and kitchen all at once. It's just so much better for entertaining. It feels more warm and inviting. And it just, it feels bigger because it's less constricted by walls and that kind of thing. So that. Next, let's talk about my favorite hobby. So I love playing piano, although I don't always find the time to do it. So every once in a while, I'll spend hours at the piano tinkering away, and then I'll go months without sitting down at it. I've been really wanting to start taking lessons. And I feel like I mentioned this on like one of the first episodes of the podcast, but I've never been trained. I taught myself how to play in high school when I was learning how to read sheet music for choir. And so naturally just kind of figured it out as I was going along. But I don't have any of the hand movements down, especially my left hand. I have a little more trouble getting it to go where I want it to go. And um, I just don't have any of the skills a classically trained pianist would. I can read music just fine. It's more just like the hand movements and dexterity I really could use some help with. And it would be nice to be a little bit more skilled and coordinated while playing. So that's something I'd like to do at some point. But I've had a hard time finding teachers for adults. I feel like it's much easier to find music teachers for children. But if you'll have any leads on uh, piano teachers for adults, let me know. Okay, I have two more questions and both are food related. I'm sorry, I should have organized these better. But somebody asked what my favorite grocery store is and why. So 100% without a doubt, Central Market. And I know it's not everywhere, so I'm sorry about that. It's a Texas-based company. It's owned by HEB. It's definitely not your typical grocery store. It's like the most gourmet version of your favorite healthy grocery store. (laughs) Like I said, it's owned by HEB. So they do have a bunch of HEB brand products. But don't expect to find anything overly processed like Cheetos or any kind of gross candy or whatever it is. You're not going to find that there. They don't even have Bluebell ice cream there, which is a travesty in my opinion. But they have the best, largest produce, like the literally the largest heads of cauliflower you've ever seen. They have an insane selection of seafood and meat, some plain, some prepared. They've got amazing house-made baked goods. Like definitely don't miss the fresh tortillas. They're served warm. They have a couple of different varieties of flavors. They have like a Southwest one, just plain butter. I mean, so, so good, (laughs) y'all. They also have a ton of delicious prepared food. So soups, salads, entrees, appetizers, like party sets, tons of cheeses, great wine selection. They do amazing catering for events too. I go to Central Market at least once a week, but I usually still have to go to Tom Thumb for more typical grocery store or uh, regular name brand items like cake mixes or again, bluebell ice cream, or I don't know, just, just stand your standard fare. You're not always going to find that at central market, but they truly have just about everything you'll need. It's, it's kind of expensive and it's, 
like a gourmet health food store, but they've got healthy and unhealthy things. LOL to this last question, because I realized I already answered it. And so I'm answering it twice and I have a different answer for it this time. (laughs) So somebody asked, somebody else asked what my favorite hangover food, food is. And originally I told you guys when I'm hungover, I don't usually eat in the morning, which is true. But if I'm if I have a hangover that's just slight and I do feel like eating, Bubba's is what I go for. They have the best breakfast. It's a local favorite that's in Snyder Plaza here in Dallas. And I've gotten all kinds of things, but the things I order most often for breakfast are biscuits and gravy, a sausage egg and cheese biscuit, or or biscuit sandwich, or the cinnamon roll. You really can't go wrong though. They have pancakes, they have all kinds of things for breakfast. And then at lunch and dinner, they have fried chicken, mashed potatoes, fried okra, delicious buttery rolls. I mean, you really can't go wrong there. But how hilarious is it that I'm ending with a repeated question that I'd forgotten I'd already answered. So (laughs) anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that little get to know me section with some of my favorite things. This went on longer than I thought it would, but hopefully it was entertaining at least. But let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with the beck and call segment answering some of your questions. guys, we are back with the beck and call segment, which is where I answer a couple of listener questions each week. Just a reminder, you can call in at any time and leave a voicemail for me. The number is 214-620-0473. You can also submit questions via email at info at beckandcallpodcast.com. Let's get into the first question. Hi, Merit. Um, I just had a quick question about um, your time at Reward Style and then transitioning into the blog. Um, I am working in a job right now that is okay. I like it. I was recently promoted, but it's not my passion. I know that there's other things that I really want to do with my life and other ideas that I have. Um, so I was just more wondering about like how you uh, focused on the blog and transitioning from word style into the blog full time. Did you make some sort of like time management calendar? How did you like organize content to really um, get it going and things like that? Um, any resources or help that you have um, would be great. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Time management has never been my strong suit, mostly because I always tend to overwork. I'm not very good at setting boundaries for myself in terms of working. So I think I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but when I was working at Reward Style and doing the blog at the same time, I had no social life. So I would work uh, startup hours. So pretty early in the morning, I'd probably get there at eight and leave at six uh, at Reward Style. And then nights and weekends, I would be doing the blog. So I just, I didn't date. I didn't see my friends very often. I just didn't have a social life. I was willing to put in everything that I had into creating the content. And it wasn't so much that I knew I was going to make it full time. It was just something I really enjoyed doing. And so I put a lot of effort into it. And then once I realized after a couple of years at Reward Style, I was like, okay, I can actually do this full time. Like we're heading in a direction where I'm making enough money where I could potentially leave this job. That's when I started really kind of getting more hyper-focused on how do I take this to the next level? Now, I wouldn't say I had a specific business plan or anything in mind on when and how I was going to leave my job. It was truly based on how much money I was making. I knew I didn't want to leave until I was making enough to pay for the things that I needed to pay for. So 
Um, I think before you even consider making a move, kind of identify what those markers are revenue wise, um, personal time, how much time you're willing to put into it to make something happen. I just think at the end of the day, if you're really passionate about it and you really want something to succeed, you'll figure it out. I don't, I, that's terrible advice. I know I don't have advice here, but because I didn't, I didn't have a plan. I just was so into what I was doing. I wanted to be a successful blogger. I wanted to make more money. And then once I realized I I could make it a full-time job, then I went into kind of the next level of it. And I don't think I did anything differently. It was just more doing the same thing I was doing, making more of the same content that people were enjoying. Um, And again, I don't know if this is helpful at all, but again, I think if you're super passionate about something, you'll figure out a way to make it work. Um, It may mean you have to work a lot on the weekends or work at night and maybe sacrifice some social plans that you normally wouldn't. But if you want to make it work and you want to make this life change, it may take an overhaul uh, to make it happen. For me, in terms of content management, the main thing that's been helpful over the years is to have an editorial calendar. And I make these in Excel spreadsheets or in Google Sheets, actually, because that's what I use. But um, this helps me plan out each month's content so I can see where I'm missing content, where holes need to be filled. Uh, I can plan out sponsored content and make sure that there's organic content surrounding it so it's not back to back with other sponsored posts. And that's probably been the most effective way for me to manage um, scheduling content and planning content. I don't really think I use anything else other than that and like an actual, my actual calendar and notifications for content planning. And I definitely don't have any time management apps or anything that I use. It's more just so I'm motivated by, and at least at the time was super motivated by numbers. So the more I post, the more links I put out there, the more money I make. That's the simplest answer to that. So, um, In order to take it to the next level, I had to create more content, put more links out there, and eventually hopefully make more money, grow my audience, do all of those things. Those were important for taking that next step. But unfortunately, I don't think I have any um, good tools or anything other than an editorial calendar and regular calendar to suggest. I'm sorry. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. Hi, Merritt. I love your podcast. Uh, You do such a great job with it. I tune in every week. And um, I'm wondering if, like you, I love fashion and I have no problem filling my closet with clothes, but I do have problems uh, purging things out when it's time to clean the closet out, clean the clutter out, get rid of items I am no longer wearing or haven't worn. Um, So I'm just wondering if you have any tips or advice on when you are purging your closet, how you go about um, deciding and getting rid of items. I seem to have several pieces that maybe um, I got a really good deal on and I I think I'm going to wear them at some point and they're still, you know, classic enough where I could, but I just like it's been a couple of years and I haven't touched them. Um, So any advice you can give on that, I would greatly appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for calling in and for the kind words about the podcast. I'm so glad to hear you are enjoying it so far. So I am in the same boat. I've got to get a lot of stuff out of my closet. And for me, a lot of it is stuff that just doesn't fit me anymore. I'm currently in a mode where I'm trying to lose some weight and get 
back into some of the clothes that were fitting me before the pandemic. And so part of me wants to hold on to these pieces, but part of me knows that some of them I probably will never fit into again. (laughs) Um, So I'm sort of debating what to do there. But if it's something that fits you, but that you haven't worn in the last year and a half, two years, and again, with COVID, it's kind of hard to say because we haven't gone as many places, but say it's like an everyday top or a date night top or a dress or something that you could have worn and you just haven't and that there isn't anything sparking joy or pulling you towards it, you're probably not going to choose to wear it in a year and a half. So I would say in those cases, if it's not something you've chosen to wear, you're probably not going to. Um, If you've had this much of an opportunity, like you've had it for a long time and you just haven't worn it, I just think that's probably a bad sign. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it makes if you get rid of stuff, it makes room for new stuff. So You could give this to somebody else. You could donate it. You could sell it on Poshmark or eBay and let somebody else who'd be way more excited to wear it, let them have it and get some use out of it. And that'll make room for things that really excite you. And again, spark joy. I think that's important. But yeah, I think the best case scenario is to go through your whole wardrobe and identify pieces that you haven't worn in the last few years and get rid of those. Because if they're not sparking joy, if they're not getting you excited to wear them, if you can't figure out a way to style them or whatever the case may be, if you haven't worn them in the past couple years, you're probably not going to choose to wear it in the future because you're going to have other things you're more excited to wear, new pieces, that kind of thing. So give your closet a good cleanse, um, give it to people that'll be more excited to wear it, and you can make room for more exciting things that will really spark joy. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode of Beck and Call. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. You can follow along for more content at Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Merit Beck for fashion content, more personal stuff, etc. I will catch you guys next week. Bye.